So thank you everybody for, for joining us. This is the first time we have done this. This is the Med Device Forum. And we wanted to bring a specific topic to this quarter, which is very important to everybody on this call, which is closing deals in the fourth quarter. And so I brought on Eric uh, Grohovac and Peter Skidmore to join me in kind of a discussion and a forum. The three of us have experience in this field and closing deals. We wanted to give you tips, strategies, mindset, process to be thinking about uh, and take it out into the field so that you can close those deals and you can uh, get those commission dollars because that's what it's really all about, isn't it? It's Q4. It's closing those deals, getting up on stage, getting those awards. So uh, thank you, everybody who has shown up. Thank you also, everybody. Uh, keeping on mute. If you do have any questions during this entire event, you can shoot a message down in the chat. I will be looking at that um, throughout as I moderate this between um, Peter and Eric when we're talking about certain things. So uh, right off the bat, my name is Mike O'Kelly. Um, I'm a outside sales pro about 20 years. I started Enterprise Rent-A-Car um, kind of great training company, like a lot of people that got into then pharmaceutical and then medical device sales. I decided to leave the outside sales world and uh, was co-founder of a sales technology company called Rhythm AI, where we help sales professionals uh, build out their best days, easy prospecting, targeting, so they have more buying conversations because they're focusing on the right people. Been doing that the last couple of years, started a podcast and really giving back to the outside sales world that gave so much to me and my family. And I know that the other two guys on this call also are doing the same thing. Um, Eric Grohovac was a uh, recently a East Coast sales director with Stryker, was with Stryker for about 12 years. And now he has left what he is doing because he wants to give back as well. And Peter Skidmore, CEO of MedRep Meetings, was in the device world for a very long time, very successful. And now he has started a company that helps MedReps get meetings. So Eric, I'll kick it over to you to beginning. If you want to add on anything that I said and kind of flush that out, and then Peter, you can go after Eric. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thank, thanks for having me, and thanks for everybody that joined. I think this is a great, timely call um, going into the end of October and the start of November, getting ready for Q4, so it's a great topic. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, Mike said it. I'm, uh, I post every day on LinkedIn right now, so I'll kind of go in reverse order. Uh, every morning at 8.15 Eastern time, I drop some nugget from my perspective as a sales leader and medical device to just try and help as many people as I can every morning, um, give very straightforward, very honest advice and opinions about the industry from the vantage point of a sales leader. Um, at Stryker, I was a sales director, sales manager, and a sales rep prior to that. Spent three years in pharmaceuticals, sold B2B with automatic data processing. And then even in a previous life, um, I was a college football coach at the University of Louisville. Pittsburgh native, now down here in sunny South Carolina. All right, Peter. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Mike, for having me. Um, sorry, guys, I'm without internet right now, so I'm running uh, no video for the bandwidth. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, five years in with Sinusure, um, seven years in aesthetics total. And, you know, Q4, super excited to talk about this topic because Q4 was always the most exciting uh, quarter of the year uh, for multiple reasons. And, um, you know, any one of you guys can always shoot me a PM, glad to help in any way I can. Uh, started MedRep meeting because that's what 
I did regularly as an outside sales rep. Um, and now I just do it for other people. So it's been really fun, but again, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Mike. Awesome. Well, again, if you guys want to reach out to any three of us and connect with us on LinkedIn, that's probably the best way that you can reach out to all of us and ask us questions. You know, we're very open and honest because the reason why we're doing this is to help the next generation, the future generation of medical device reps, and just give you a little bit of what we've learned uh, kind of the hard way, <laughs> the deals that didn't pull through, the mistakes that were made to give the best practices possible. So the first thing, there's going to be three things we're going to talk about. And the first one is going to be mindset. The second is going to be process. And then of course, the big one is going to be the close. And so when discussing uh, with other sales leaders, especially Peter, and Eric, those three things really come up the most. It's the mindset, which basically is uh, coming up with your plan, but sticking to it. It's going to be very tough in Q4, as most of you, if you've been experienced long enough, you're aware. Q4 is a beast, and you're going to hear a lot of no. It's a free-for-all because accounts are going to want to buy by the end of the year. They want to get their tax credits. They want to bring in their new shiny toys depending upon what industry you're in for Q1. And they want to make sure that they get it before the end of the year because they have a budget to spend on things. And if they don't spend it, they their budget is going to be lost the next year. So it really is kind of a free-for-all. And so getting your mindset right, process. And we're really going to discuss with these two gentlemen, uh, and I'll chime in as well, the process, how you attack your day is going to be a little different than Q1, Q2, and Q3. So we're going to talk about that. And then lastly, it's the close. It is how to pull these deals across the goal line so that you can earn the commission dollars and you can um, get on stages and you can live the life that you want. Because let's be honest, that's the reason why we're in sales. We want to make a lot of money, right? And in the process, we want to help people, but um, we really want to make we really want to make money. We really want to close deals. And for all of you to be on today, you're you're seeking information. So. I commend you for that. So we're going to get started with mindset. I'm going to lead off with Eric. So Eric, you know we're we're ending we're ending October, so we're already we're already in the in the midst of Q4. We've got two months left. Okay, heading into November, what should the focus be? What was the focus that you had? Uh, and 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 share kind of what the mindset should be right now for everybody who's listening. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> depending on where you're at in your journey in the year. And just so, you know, I don't know, like from a 10 year perspective, the folks that are listening in where everybody is in their career, but certainly Q4 is relative, right? There's the calendar Q4, which is October, November, and December. Um, if you're, if the company you work for is gracious enough to have their accounting work out to where that is the final quarter of the year. They make your holidays very enjoyable because everybody's trying to hit their quota here at the end of the year. Sometimes hospitals have a fiscal year that's like July to June, or maybe that, you know, Q3 is the end of their Q4. So you really have to have a good understanding, obviously, in your territory of everyone's definition of Q4, because it can be different. Um, assuming that everybody's operating under uh, you know, the understanding these last three months of the calendar year is the fourth quarter. From a from a perspective going into November, um, there's a couple things. So if you're if you're playing with a lead, meaning you've already hit your quota, or you've got, you know, something in the pipeline that you're just gonna usher across the line here in the next two weeks and you feel really good about it, 
congratulations. That's that's awesome. That's rare, but it's awesome. And, and you're playing with a lead. So that's great. So I'll start by just kind of talking to those folks that might be in that situation and your your perspective. And, and maybe I'm maybe I'm going back to like putting my sales leader hat on here a little bit, but certainly this rings true in my time thinking back. There's not going to be any awards for this. You're not going to get any crystal trophies or gold watches or or maybe even a bonus check for this, but you're going to want to start concentrating on helping your teammates get home. And you're going to want to start concentrating on getting your sales leaders to where they need to be, your manager, your director, really thinking about the enterprise and the organization outside of just your territory. If you're playing with a lead, if you've already hit quota, maybe you're chasing some awards for yourself and you're going to want to go get those. But I can tell you without without question that there won't be awards for extra effort of helping your teammates get home or helping your manager or your sales leaders get home, but they do not forget that. They'll never forget that. And that's just a good deposit that you want to make in the bank of the future. Um, If you want to keep growing in the organization that you're in, that's a very good strategy, right? Is to help your counterparts, to help your manager and focus on that. So for the folks that are playing with the lead, Go get the awards, chase after what you want. Um, I wouldn't lay down the sword at all in the fourth quarter, okay? Because you're going to need that momentum anyway going into the going into next year. It, it like never fails that if you take your foot off the gas in any way in Q4, if you're playing with a lead, you're going to wish you didn't in March. And you're probably going to wish you didn't in June, and you may even wish you didn't in Q4 of 2023, okay? So that's, that's kind of the first group that I think about when – it comes to mindset in November Um, for the folks that are like, you don't know if you're going to get there or not. And your manager's asking you every week, like how are the deals looking and, and uh, where are we at with this and where are we at with that? The biggest thing that you need to understand um, any time of year, but in Q4, Q4 is not the same as any other quarter. And when I say Q4, I'm specifically talking about the calendar, October, November, December. The holidays, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, all the holidays in December, retirements, flu season, COVID season, promotions, uh, re- resignations, all the uh, decision makers and the people that maybe you, you built relationships with that you thought were going to be there at the end of the year to help you pull that deal through. They retire. They move to South Carolina. They get promoted. They hit the lottery. They get sick. Uh, they take a three-week vacation instead of two weeks. Anything can happen starting now, okay? So you don't have the same amount of selling days as you would if you were to just look at the year from March and April or any other month. There's not 60 days ahead of you. You probably realistically have 15 to 20 selling days. So you are going to have to be as efficient as you've ever been. And if you don't have a dry erase board in your office like Mike, where he's diagramming all the different orders and all the opportunities and what it's going to take to get it done. And what's the contingency plan if this person can't pull it across the line or they say no to this or the money gets pulled, you've got to have plan A, B, C, and D ready to go and work them all like they're plan A. And if you overshoot it, you overperform, Hey, there's worse things to deal with than going, you know, 130% to plan. Everybody wants to hit by a penny. But um, there's worse things that can happen for you. And certainly, like I said before, your sales leadership team is going to be relying on you 
to overperform. And they won't give you an award for that, but I, I promise you they'll never forget it. No, that's great. Ed, uh, that's great advice. And what I was thinking of was, you know, you, you still have a pipeline that needs to be filled for Q1 and Q2 of next year. It's not just focusing squarely on everything that's going to be happening in Q4, getting those deals across. You have to make sure that if the buyer's not ready in Q4, they might be ready in Q1, they might be ready in Q2, because their fiscal year could be different. So that is a great question. If you haven't done it already, finding out with your accounts when their fiscal year ends, because that's when a lot of uh, rubber meets the road decisions are going to be made. Like December 31st, you got to spend this money or not. I did have a couple accounts where they surprisingly had their fiscal year end in July. I'm sorry, June. So it was basically the end of Q2 was the end of their fiscal year. And they did it because it was a lot less stress. Uh, accounting departments were not as backed up. You know, if you if your quarter end, if your quarter ends calendar year, the every accountant in the world is jammed from January to May. So if you want to kind of ease the tension and get your taxes done and get all that stuff cleared and your finances done, you know, so it is, it is very unique, but knowing those little backgrounds, if people are retiring, who takes over, who's the new person in charge, a lot of organizations, if people are retiring and they want to do it at the end of a fiscal year, or they want to bring in a new leader, they sometimes do that in January. So December, the person you've been talking to might already have one foot out the door. So find out who their junior is, who's going to take their place is a good tip. Uh, Peter, what was your mindset going into the last couple months of, of Q4? Yeah, so last couple months, always coming into Q4, I mean, I ran hard until the end of Q3, right? And then at the end of Q3, I always you know, took a little couple days off to rest and reset and then back to Q4. But for come like we're in October 27th now. Q4 is now like it's it's been happening for a month, right? So, you know, coming into the next few months, I'm looking back at the entire year that just happened and every single customer that I spoke to that maybe have told me or maybe you know they purchase at the end of the year for tax reasons. So that's number one. I'm getting together you know, a hot list of, hey, I, this customer told me they purchased at the end of the year due to section 179. And we know that we can just go in and attack that. So that's step one. Step two is then getting in touch with every single one of those and scheduling a time to come in and talk with them. Right. So. Oh, we lost Peter. Well, Peter will be back. Peter, unfortunately, lost uh, internet at his house. Oh, Peter's back. Here we go. <laughs> That's entry link, guys. Yeah, that's all right. Definitely here at my house right now. So, yeah. can everyone hear me still? Mike, yes. are we good? Good to go. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, two, getting those meetings, and then three, um, looking at every single opportunity didn't close throughout the year and getting back in front of them for Q4 with a massive story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, setting up that pipeline and understanding, hey, I have done everything I can do to be successful um, for Q4. And that should be happening right in the beginning of October, but even more or less getting in right now and going through those for November, December, and closing out the year strong. Nice. I love it. Um how far ahead, uh, Eric, do you think people should be planning? Again, it, it's what's really tough about Q4 is you've got to close deals, you've got to make money, but on the other hand, you got to fill your pipeline. So 
when you were out there selling and when you were, we were coaching your, your teams and your divisions would how, what kind of balance should, okay, this person's a Q1, Q2 of next year. I need to nurture them, but I can't focus my time because I don't think I'm going to sell them. I don't think I'm going to pull across by the end of the year. Walk through kind of how you're supposed to look at these accounts and what kind of percentage should you still be prospecting if you can put a percentage on it? Yeah, I mean, so Mike, you're asking how much time should be how much time should be spent for the for the future as opposed to we're in Q4, like Peter said, we got two months. You mentioned a great point with holidays. This is not two months. This is not June, July, where you've got a full 60 days. There's really, like you said, probably 15 to 20 good selling days. And that's it. By the middle middle of December, the hay's kind of in the barn. So how much should that be? You know, if I'm a rep right now and I'm in an office and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I can get them. Do I not call on them again for the rest of the quarter? What was your thought process when it went as far as how much time you spent with each account? I guess that's what I'm asking. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, it can all depend. It all, I mean, mm-hmm. some reps have five accounts, some reps have 50 accounts. So it, it all depends. Um, you know, we kind of, we used to have the saying like, get home by Halloween. It, it, like pretend, pretend the year is three quarters and run at that pace and run at that speed and put the activity in whatever your offense is, like whatever your, you know, whatever your way is of scoring points within your, um, you know, within your bag, within your company, within their culture, all of that. Um, make sure all the activity, like the activity hay is in the barn. So that if you have to show up late in the game, in the fourth quarter, and Mike, you and I were talking about this before, that it's not necessarily a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a little more uh, X's and O's to it than just lobbing one up with your eyes closed and hoping somebody catches it. You know, you're really... There's, there's more planning to it. It might look like a Hail Mary if you're the rep in Philadelphia and somebody hears about it in Phoenix. They may say, wow, how did Mike get home? He was a million dollars away. But if if the activity is put in and you can show up in front of somebody in fourth quarter and it's not some cold random request for a bunch of business, then you're you're going to be in good shape. Yeah. So you're, you're plotting and planning for that certainly all year long. But if you can kind of get the mentality of, you know, again, if your fiscal year as, as a company is January through December, try and get to that number by Halloween. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if there's anything left on the bone, at least you're running at a pace where you're flying through the line one way or another, and you have some momentum to you. Because if you stop with the momentum, it sometimes it's really hard to pick that stuff back up because we're not the only reps in the world out there trying to get home. That's true. There's a, there's a million other reps that are knocking on people's doors trying to make a play at that point in time. And if you've equipped your customer with the information that they need to get what it is that you know they need or what they want or what you're selling, mm-hmm. you're, you're just going to get your your business card will go to the top of the list, right? Your, your, your wish list of equipment will go to the top of the list because they have everything they need. For the capital reps that are on the line, the way those budget meetings work and sometimes the way those decisions are made at the end of the year, it's a round table. It's like a, you know, knights of the round table and they're, they're handing out money that might be showing up for one run reason or another. Mm-hmm. And if your champion, your director of that department or whoever it might be, if they raise their hand and say, we need to buy this equipment and here's all the proof as to why mm-hmm. you're going to get the money. 
But if somebody else is in the corner of that table wishing for a robot or a parking garage or a whatever, and they don't have the proof for it, the money might not get allocated there. It's, it could go to your cause. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, um, that's how I think about that. Gotcha. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. And, and we haven't talked about this yet, but closing in the Q4 is not in a vacuum. There are dozens, if not 50 reps trying to all grab the dollars that you're going after. So it's not necessarily the best product wins. Although, you know, we talked about it, um, Eric, before that, you know, I mean, you were at Stryker. So Stryker is one of the big brands, you know? And so when push comes to shove, sometimes people are like, you know what? We like Eric. Let's go with Stryker because it's a big brand. We trust them. And again, with that round table, but everybody is competing for the same dollars. There's not unlimited dollars, unlimited budget. And so sometimes it comes down to the work that's put in Q1, Q2, Q3 to set you up for Q4. Um, so uh, Peter, expand on that as far as, um, you know, you were in the aesthetic world, which is a little different than hospital sales. Um, so if anybody, if anybody doesn't know, I, I don't know the background of everybody on here. Uh, the section 179, section 179 is a tax write-off to businesses for uh, capital improvement equipment that they can write off. And so they can write that off on their taxes and save a lot of money towards their business the next year. I'm sure hospitals do that, but they might not be talking about that. Um, so if anybody was just curious what the section 179 was, um, I mean, everybody on this call could 100% know, but I just wanted to clarify that. So um, Peter, what is your kind of talk about your process as far as let's take you back a couple years. You're it's October 27th of let's say 19. Let's not go 2020 because we all know what happened that year, but let's say uh, October 27th, uh, 2019. What's your process for the rest of the year? How are you starting to move these into buying decisions as opposed to either setting them up or they're kind of testing the field? Uh, So let's start, let's start talking about, okay, let's start getting into the closing. What does that look like uh, when you were doing it a couple of years ago? Yeah. I mean, great question, right? Um, the It's not, doesn't come down to product. It comes down to the story, right? That you're mm-hmm. telling into that, whether it's a private practice or you've been working a deal with a hospital for a long time. Some of those you're going to run into, it does, doesn't matter like who you're meeting with. There's uncontrollables, right? And when we start closing, you know, talk about closing deals in Q4, we're really diving into, okay, uh, the best story is going to win, right? The best deal, the, you know, the best story around, you know, whatever the pain point is, section 179 is huge. Every single doctor gets it. If they're an independent practice, they can write off a million dollars a year and save up to, you know, 35% on their taxes right? Which is um, significant when you're spending 60, 100, 150, 200, $250,000, you know, take 35% of that off the top. You're talking about an instant savings of anywhere from, you know, low end of 20 grand all the way up to, you know, a hundred grand, right? And 350 grand, let's just say they spend a million bucks, right? And that's a lot of money to be left on the table for the physicians who do make, you know, decent money, you know, they're going to need tax write-offs. And so my whole process of, you know, was going through, Hey, all of the credit apps that I got the entire year that didn't close. Right. And if they didn't purchase getting back in there with, you know, 
a massive story for Q4 um, because you have to remember, like, this is not, you're not going to be the only rep trying to get into this practice. Number one, just like Mike said, right. Um, but if your story wins, you win. Right. And the uncontrollables are just like, Hey, I'm going with striker because they're a household name. And that's a decision that the hospital's made, you know, that we've made as a group of physicians that we're going to go with striker. That is an uncontrollable, but if you can control your story is that dialed in to where it's, Hey, we got to get this done and we got to get this done before Q1 because of X, Y, and Z. And it, you know, the last thing I would want you to do doctor is, is leave money on the table. If you're going to purchase this, you know, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, um, you know, next month, you're literally saving thousands of dollars now. Right. So mm-hmm. if they're thinking Q1, like, why are they thinking that? Right. Um, understanding those things and, and really understanding why they're not buying, you know, now, um, but if the story's dialed in and you're in Q4 and, you know, they are excited, they're buying, like there is a very good chance that they would purchase. Right. Um, so just closing that out, Mike, and mm-hmm. thinking, you know, out loud here, but you know, you got to have the best story in Q4, right? Mm-hmm. That is a massive part of this. Yeah. And I would add to that, that having the story, it's also talking about the story of the future, uh, of the prospect. How is their future state going to be much better if they go with you and the product? And to piggyback, I don't remember if it was Eric or if it was Peter, a lot of these products work the same. You know, if you're in an industry that has a lot of competition, a lot of the products are very similar. So what they're buying is, again, they're buying the story. They're buying the future. If I get a device, if I purchase something, if I purchase equipment, if I purchase disposables, is this person going to ghost me? Are they going to support me? You know, if something happens, it's like a little insurance. If something happens, will this person be there by my side? Because when they're really, and if you're an expert in the field, if you've been doing this for a while, you know, they're buying you as well. And they're buying, will this person stand by me as a business partner? So I'll share a story. Actually, it's interesting. Today is October 27th. Three years ago, the last full-time medical position I had, I started the first day in the field was October 26th. And I was selling quarter of a million and half a million dollar radiation machines to dermatologists. So I was in it day one, literally yesterday. And so my strategy for that was I basically sprinted. I'll be honest, I did not do a lot of prospecting. I created my ideal customer profile. So that's what I was going to bring up as well. Get back to your ideal customer profile is a tip that I would add when you're closing out Q4. There's a lot of people you can call on. There's a lot of people that have probably shown interest in your company But focus on your ideal customer profile. Who are the people you think you can sell and you can create a solution to their problem the quickest? So I'll give you an example. I was selling a radiation machine to dermatologists that helped with skin cancer. So my ideal customer profile were dermatology clinics where they did not have a surgeon that was specialized called a Mohs surgeon, M-O-H-S. Those were specialized in skin cancer removal. And the reason why I did that was because they're paying half a million dollars to a physician to do a procedure that our machine would do. So I basically looked through and saw all the dermatology clinics across North and South Carolina and parts of Georgia that did not have a Mohs surgeon. And those are the ones I specifically targeted. And then once I went in, I'd already created a specific set of buying questions. 
And I wanted to see how serious they were. I also wanted to ask questions like, how close have you gotten to your 179 cap? As Peter mentioned, if they've gotten up to that, they might not be as willing to purchase. So I wanted to kind of test it out because I had to make hay and I had to make hay quick. And so that's kind of my process. Uh, do you think that the ideal customer profile right now is something that people should be really harping on and focusing, Eric, as they as they end the quarter? Or... Does that matter in the in the hospital sales and from your line of work? Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, when when I think of you know customer profile, it can get broad pretty quickly. I mean, if you're walking in selling a stretcher into a hospital, mm-hmm. everybody's got one of those. Um, everybody kind of fits that profile. Um, perhaps the thing that you may look for if if you're in that sort of genre of sales is what is the reputation of this customer to make plays at this part of the year, like a lot of customers understand the game. A lot of customers are going to understand this is when reps are trying to, to get across the line and get home. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of times when they get the best pricing, they get the best deals, they get the best terms um, and all of those sorts of things. So, um, y- you know, you're going to want to ask around to your counterparts and cross divisional friends and all that to really find out like who are the customers that can, that can pull the trigger at the time when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think of customer profile, that those are some of the things that, um, cause again, there's some customers that won't, won't finance, mm. you know, they won't, uh, they, they just won't take on more debt because they have a triple a rating and they can't afford it and all these other things. So, um, you know, you probably want to get profile done that way. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, so one thing I also think is very important is what Eric said. People are going to be taking time off. I know that for the first time in several years, I'm actually taking the last week of Christmas off. Uh, I haven't done that in a very long time, but my wife is taking it off from work. And so she said, let's, let's maybe do something as a family. So right there, that takes about four or five days. I can't remember how the holidays fill out, but that's four or five days of selling opportunity gone. And so one tip is once we're done here, look at your calendar and see how many days you actually have left. Eric used to do, I think you said December 10th, Eric. I used to do December 15th as kind of the, this is the Armageddon day. I got to hit my goal by this day. And it gave me a couple days of buffer for a couple unexpected deals to come through or an opportunity to really hyper-focus on one deal, which I did. I actually closed, a, when, I, when I was selling radiation machines, I closed a device the last day of the year. The office was closed. The lights were off. I had the contract in hand. I was on with my sales director. And it was about three hours of us going back and forth trying to get a finalized price. Um, so that was well past the, the the deadline date that I set. But really find out how many days do you have left and hyper-focus your activity and really try to be as optimal in the field as possible. Um, those are some of the, the tips that the, I would give to people. Um, Peter, what else can you give to you know tips and strategies to individuals as they're heading into November and then December to close those deals? Yeah. Um, you know, know that uh, one tip, you know, just like Mike and um, Mike had said, I think it's super important to understand that the week of Thanksgiving, the 21st through the 23rd, there's going to be a lot of doctors out, right? So understanding and filling those days up really quickly. So you know, who's actually working those days. And then, 
you know, some of these physicians also take their vacation from that Thursday all the way through 30th, right? And then they come back to work. Um, this year, I think, you know, because of the way the days fall um, and the first being on a Sunday, you're going to see a lot more people taking their vacations after the first of the year, that first week of the year, other than, you know, the last week of the year, because that last week of the year is, is a, you know, it's the first isn't in the middle of the week. So, you know, understanding where we're at, um, you know, days wise and understanding those sort of things and, you know, making sure that, hey, the days that doctors are working are, you know, every single day up until the 23rd, right? They do have the 24th, the 25th off, right? And they do have, you know, a lot of people will take off the holiday week after that, but understanding some of them are, are a lot of them will be working. Medical practices don't close a lot of the times. Um, you're calling into dentist, if you're calling into Cairo, if you're calling into a specialty where it's independent practices, then you're going to find a lot more vacations happening, right? Um, but, you know, these buyers do know, like, end of the year is when you do get the, the best deal, as Eric said. You do get better rates. You do get, you know, a lot more come the end of the year. And buyers are becoming smarter and understanding that. Um, you're not the first rep that's told them about Section 179. Um, you know, so I think just understanding the landscape of, hey, this is how many days we have left. This is who's open on these days and attacking those accounts based off of the profile that we've gathered over the last 12 months and really just getting after it, right? Because if you're not, the next guy is and your competitor is. So um, understanding those things at a super high level is important. Um you know, to wrap up Q4, I think it's, it's huge to understand those things at a high level and then just go after it, right? Execute. Um, you can have the greatest plan in the world, but if you don't execute, you know, there's that plan is not the greatest, right? So, you know, think methodical about, you know, Q4 processes and how you're going to put it together to end it with a bang. Yeah. Eric, um, anything to add to that? No, I mean, that that's, he's exactly right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's strategic effort, you know, but, but what I would say, um, you know, just as a reminder to everybody, stay the hell out of your office in Q4. You know what I mean? If you need to do office work and you just put something together in your office, do it at night, do it on the weekend, be out in front of your customer for real. That, that is like, it's like, uh, it's like my dad told me when I was in college, if you just go to school and take notes, you'll get a degree. If you just go out and be in front of your customers, good things will happen. But if you feel like you need to be in front of your computer and doing a bunch of work, there's there can be time for that. The sweet spot where those people are in the building, you know, from 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., whatever that window is for you, you got to be out in front of them. You know, yeah, that's that's going to be the key. Don't don't feel like you can take, you know, th there's really no days to waste when it gets down to it. I think we've pounded that drum pretty hard here that the fourth quarter on the calendar is very, very short. It's always very disappointingly short in terms of the amount of days you have to be in front of customers. So be in front of customers and do your computer work and your office stuff at night and on the weekends, you know, for real. Absolutely. You know, the, the time is dwindling and I, I want to share a perspective 
Uh, so I've, I've been a, a, a business owner for a little over two years, and I can't tell you how inundated I am in Q4, last year in Q4, this year so far in October, because I looked at the amount of emails, messages, text messages, because my information is out there. My phone number, people are trying to sell me. I've got a, I've got a sales podcast. So I've got multiple streams of people trying to sell me stuff every single day, hundreds of emails a day. LinkedIn messages a day. Your physicians, your hospital administrators, your office managers, they're all getting that. It is a it is a bombardment of technology that is coming to them. So to Eric's point, when you show up in person and have that human interaction, it matters. It really does. I can't stress that enough. I, I'm dreading how much my, my email box, my LinkedIn box is going to be filled with people just pitching me stuff. And they're saying a lot of the same things that we're saying here as tips. They're saying, hey, it's end of the year. Have you ever thought about this? And they're throwing discounts out there for something that I never even tried before. So I will say that my eyes really opened to some of the things that I used to do in, in the sales world that I thought in a vacuum, I thought I was crushing it as far as you know sending emails, sending text messages. And then I realized everybody's doing it. And the one thing you can do is be in their face because I, I can't remember, but I think Harvard, Harvard did a study where if you are face-to-face -face with somebody, the chances of them telling you negative news or saying no is three times less than over the phone. And I think that's exaggerated. I think that you're going to get a lot more yeses. You're going to get a lot more sympathy. You can connect with them a, a lot more if you're in person. I think that's great advice. Get up in the morning, grab your coffee, get out the door, um, plan the night ahead. Uh, plan, plan the morning of whatever, but the minute it's go time, get in the car and, and get in their face. And uh, you never know, maybe somebody else drops the ball. They see how many times you're wanting their business. The deal that I closed that I mentioned the last day of the year in 2019, I went to that office in a little over eight weeks. I went there 12 times in person. And that office is two and a half hours from my house. But I identified this physician as the hottest prospect that I had. And I was going to, I mean, I was getting up at five 30 in the morning to be there and bring coffee first thing in the morning. I want to be the first thing they saw. And then sometimes I'd come midday and sometimes it'd be there at the end of the day. And I wouldn't get home till like eight because I wanted to try different times of the day where I could, I could talk to him and catch him and finally got the deal uh, that went through. So uh, great, great advice, Eric. Um, Peter, let's share a actionable story or something that you can share that will demonstrate kind of everything we've talked about. Is there a story? Is there an account? Is there a deal you won where you followed all the principles and all the tips you've given? Uh, talk about that uh, and before we wrap up here, and then I'll let Eric, I'll let you do the same. Yeah, so was it 20... 2016 it was yeah so end of the year we had uh 2016 yeah so six years ago um we had just got finished this show um in november and we had you know a bunch of people that came to the show that didn't buy but there were some that came and bought right so the ones that bought i reached out to the last week of the year and got three deals literally the last week of that year. And the, the, the way I did it was very strategically, right? So first I reached out to their customer experience manager, made sure that 
they were happy with their, you know, with the purchase that they made in November, they're already making some revenue back. Um, and then as soon as I found that out, booked a meeting for the last week of the year with those three customers. Now I went in there knowing their financial buying power. I went in there knowing that they were happy because they were making money already, um, or doing treatment and, and their patients were, you know, they're giving the best quality care to their patients now that they have this. Right. Um, but it allowed me, it earned the right to get back in there and offer them an opportunity because of it was the end of the year and we were closing out inventory for 2016. Um, we had X amount of devices at this, you know, pricing, special pricing for the end of the year. But the story was, is, you know, always changed based off of who I was talking to. But uh, essentially, you, I earned the right to go back in there and say, Hey, you know, I'm so happy you're doing well. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't do this. Um, or at least show you what they're doing for the end of the year and walking them now down the path of saying, Hey, I'm doing well, making money. This is a gap that I'm missing in the practice. I don't have this. I actually do need this. Um, but they're already in the happy mindset, right. And understanding where that customer is and, earning the right. So that last week of the year, I was able to walk into three deals by just knowing the information that we had behind the scenes. Right. Um, you know, and I surprisingly like, yeah, like we had a great year that year. We weren't the number one territory or anything. Um, you know, we did a little over 13 million. Um, but it was, that last week, those three deals pushed us over our final number to, to get into bonus, which was extremely helpful, you know, in my second year in doing this, it was just, you know, it, it was really like powerful, right. To, to know that, Hey, these guys are happy. Let's go talk to them and see what else, you know, they're missing in their practice and see where they can purchase. Right. And understanding, Hey, we already know they're approved. We already know they're, that that's their gap and we know they're happy. So that earns you the right to get back in there. And I think that's, you know, take one thing, you know, out of this whole thing. If you have the ability to sell multiple products to the same customer, find out who's happy from either yourself or from your customer service team and get back in with them. They're already happy, right? Like that's a, that's a big win for you guys. Absolutely. Eric? Yeah, Peter, Peter got me thinking about something there too. So just this is the tip before the tip perhaps, but if you've mm -hmm. got someone in your business that is it is their job to support you, a customer service rep, a delivery driver, a service technician, who, whoever it is that supports you as the rep in your company, give them some sugar in the fourth quarter. Send them a beer koozie. Send them a fruit basket. Like thank them in advance for all the wild asks and favors that you probably don't even have to burn that you're going to try and burn with the people that are in your organization, you know? So, and then another group of people within your organization to think about outside of your manager, in addition to your manager, I should say, is the finance team. So, right. So there's someone in your company that really does the number crunching on what's a good deal. What's a bad deal. Right. Cause I imagine everybody's employer is, in this business to make money and they've got those parameters. So you're going to want to make sure you're talking to those folks ahead of time. If you're going to try and make a play 
in the fourth quarter to get the pricing to where you need it to be. So just keep that in mind as it relates to your own to your own teams and, and the people that wear the same you know the same polo as you or the same scrubs as you. But um, as far as just a personal story, you know, for like fourth quarter magic, it, you know, again thinking about this as a capital sales rep, so uh, capital equipment is the big expensive stuff that comes out of a planned budget. It's not a month to month operational thing. It's this money was already approved a year ago, you know, and it's out there. Uh, to be spent on things that are expensive. So a customer was on a five-year plan to replace their equipment. So over five years, they wanted all new. And we were two years in and there was a bunch more to do. And um, so the thought was to leverage the idea of, yes, making it a kind of a deal they can't refuse from a pricing perspective, because we're going to pull in three years worth of product as opposed to them purchasing in batches over the next three years to finish out. Um, but also leveraging the concept of standardization. So if you are a capital rep and you're you're incrementally kind of chopping wood and getting your products in the door, so that's all they use and that's the clinical standard, sometimes standardization is a real big driver for, for a hospital. And standardization means like we use the same stuff across the board for this category. All of our employees, all of our nurses and our doctors and everybody's using the same stuff. Everybody's trained on it. It's, it's more cost effective for us to house the parts on a shelf somewhere because it's all from the same manufacturer. So the pitch was essentially that, yes, they were going to get a better deal, but we were going to finish this thing out and they'd be fully standardized as opposed to every five years replacing their equipment. Because when you do that and when a customer does that, they, they end up being in the business of replacing equipment every year. And it's just not, it's not as advantageous as maybe, as maybe it once was to do that over the long term. So speeding it up, making a better deal. But the conversation I had with my champion was, who are we going to need to talk to in the hospital that this deal is going to have to make sense to? Who is that person? And she was like, we have a VP of finance that is connected with clinical to make these decisions. And it's like, great. Here's the proposal. Here's the information. Let's take that to him and see what he thinks. We did that. He approved it. He said, that makes good sense to me financially. So what she did was... She went around that night to the round table, like we talked about, that capital budget group, and just knocked on their doors and said, hey, can you guys wait six more months to get your robot, to get your dialysis machine, to get your monitors, to get whatever those big ticket capital items were? And luckily, she had good, you know, good standing in the hospital. Her friends helped her out. They were willing to wait six months, and she fundraised the balance that was going to be needed to pull that deal together. And we wrapped it up just after Thanksgiving. And it was, it was awesome. You know, it, was my, it was my last deal as a rep. I, I ended up getting promoted a couple of weeks later, but um, that was a great one all in because it was a lot of work went into it. But when it came time to call in the favors and, and put together a true non hail Mary sort of big finish. Um, that's the way that one played out. That's awesome. That was a kind of a way to go out. You know, it's like a walk off home run. Um, <laughs> I will say, so when I, the position I, I mentioned, the selling radiation machines. So I sold two devices in Q4. One, there was an ICP that I was going after and it was a multi-practice. It was like four dermatology practices started by one physician. So she was kind of the big dog that I was, I was going after, but I walked into the first location and I asked and they said, yeah, we've, we've heard about your company. And I think somebody has come here before and they've kind of pitched it, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. 
And, and one of the things that I, I'm a very blunt person, especially when time is getting is of the essence, not to the point where it's rude, but I just said, okay, well, what was the decision? Just asking, I try to go 10 questions deep. And so right now we're about to hit November. So one of the things, if I was back out in the field, regardless of what I've done for the rest of the year, I'd ask 10 questions and I'd kind of reframe and reset myself because a lot of times I, I didn't notice it as bad until I've been out of the industry for two years. And I've moved on to more entrepreneurial things where I'm not pounding the pavement every day. And by the way, I have to say, I appreciate every single one of you all doing it. Um, I say it's God's work <laughs> being outside sales reps because I can't do it anymore physically. My body feels much better. I'm in my 40s. I digress. But I always, um, what I would do is I would re uh, re-pivot and refocus my attention on, am I asking the right questions? Am I talking to the right buyers and going 10 questions deep? I did that in an account where they had kind of said maybe to a to the device back in January, the previous rep. And I just flat out just said, what is the holdup? You guys said, maybe, okay, what's the objection? And they said, well, we really don't have an objection. Okay, great. What's the holdup? And they kind of looked at me. I talked with the office manager and the head nurse, who was the kind of uh, right-hand woman of the lead physician. And they said, okay. I said, what's the process? Well, there's a board meeting uh, between all nine owning physicians every first Tuesday of every month. And I said, great. When's the next meeting? Uh, well, it's in November. Great. Can I be there? Well, no, we don't let any vendors there. Okay. How do I get my product on the table? How do we get this to a vote? Is that all it needs? And I kept asking question after question after question. And if I had just walked in and kind of left information or kind of, oh, you know, I couldn't get through, I would have missed out. I got that sale. That was $10,000. The previous rep, I credit her, did a lot of work to get all the, the, the awareness and all of that. But it was the persistence. It was the asking the question, okay, getting another question, getting another question that helped me get that. And then the deal that I closed, the one that was the last, literally the last minute of the last day of the month, um, I had to sprint to FedEx and get it faxed in before five o'clock. So it counted toward that calendar year. Um, that was $13,000. I mean, that was 23 grand. And both sales were 100% different. I did different things. I had to, I had to, go from an unaware person to closing uh, one gentleman. And then I had a round table. So I had to approach things differently. So my recommendation, the big takeaway from me is, is I think harping on a lot of what Peter and uh, Eric said was refocus yourself, recalibrate yourself for the next two months, even though we know it's not two months, recalibrate. Am I doing my process correctly? Because everyone in here, I have no doubt you're talented uh, uh, talking about your product, but Somewhere along the line, do you did you lose your process? Did something slip through the crack? Maybe nothing. Maybe you're you're on path. You just have to execute and close those deals. But I'd recommend kind of recalibrating yourself. Okay, am I spending enough time in front of my clients? Have I asked the right questions? Am I talking to the right buyers? Do they have budget? Do they understand the future state uh, of what my product is going to do for them? Have I promised that I'm going to be there? Have I fulfilled? Have I earned the right to sell them? Start asking yourself these questions, and it's amazing how you'll start to realize, oh, I stopped doing this two months ago. I need to get, get back into that. So that's my big takeaway. Um, Peter, I'll let you and Eric kind of uh, give your final thoughts, and then we'll wrap this up. Oh, I'm sorry. There's going to be questions afterwards. If anybody has any questions, so it's not going to be a wrap-up. We're going to end it. 
uh, if anybody does have questions, they can ask questions. So, Peter? Yeah, make sure you just throw some in the chat. Um, Eric, yeah. I, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I think, uh, you know, me and Eric and Mike really have, you know, been through Q4 and understand that if this is your first time, it's okay. You are going to feel very, very tired come January. Um, but my last words, you know, kind of to wrap this thing in full is understand who you're going after, make sure you get in front of them and then have a game plan to execute with a story that's bigger than the next guy coming in. Um, and if you can do that, um, I believe every single one of you on here will, will get, you know, as many deals as you think you can get in Q4. I think that's going to come to a reality at the end of the year. Eric, that's all I got. If you have any questions, guys, if you need it, you know, want to talk one off call, you know, PM me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm always open to having a call, you know, if you need meetings, you can always call better at meeting. Um, and Eric, take it away. Yeah. Good stuff, Peter. Thanks, man. And, and thanks, Mike. And much respect to everybody that got on the call um, today and, and cares about finishing strong for the year. So much respect all around. Um, one last thing just to kind of think about Q4, but take, take this with you if you want to going into next year. Um, I'm assuming everybody kind of has like a sales meeting and you go to some nice place in the country and you meet up with all your counterparts and you golf, you drink, you, you hang out, you kind of celebrate the successes of the year. You go on stage, you win awards. What type of sales meeting do you want to have? You know, like you want, you want to think about Q4, like what type of sales meeting do you want to have? Do you want to walk into the lobby and kind of duck past everybody? Because like there was a couple things that you left, like some meat you left on the bone and you just didn't, you didn't have the type of year that you wanted to. Or are you going to be the person that walks in the lobby kind of waiting for the first person to come up and ask you like, how'd your year go? And you can tell them you hit your number and you can enjoy that time and celebrate. And, and that's, um, that's a big thing. It always kind of bummed me out just seeing heads down at the sales meeting and you knew like that person didn't make it and they're going to be miserable for the next five days in this five-star resort uh, or whatever, wherever you go for those and enjoy your time together as a team. So what type of sales meeting do you want to have? There's still time on the clock to control that. But um, I just appreciate Mike putting this together, man. This was great. And, and again, tons of respect for the folks that joined the call. Yeah. And, and I really do appreciate the people coming on because I, I talk with sales executives across medical, pharmaceutical, dental, eye care. That's who we sell to, you know? So I, I have a lot of these conversations and a, a lot of the things, you know, you hear things like, well, we've got our process in place. And uh, there's a lot of people in sales that think they have all the answers. And what you realize is the more conversations I've had, I realized, oh my gosh, there are so many very smart people within this industry. And so I do appreciate everybody being on because what you did was you take a, you took a step forward in your career today because you said, hey, I may or may not have all the answers, but let me listen to these three guys who who have been through it. You know, I've I've been kicked in the face <laughs> uh, figuratively, not literally, but I've been kicked in the face so many times. I've had doors slammed on me. I told Eric about a story where I was screamed down a hall by a dermatologist, uh, or maybe that was Peter. I told that story too. And I, I've been yelled at. I've been pushed in a corner. Like I, I've been through everything that a typical outside sales professional has, and you just keep coming back for more. And um, so I, I applaud everybody for being on here. And so one of the things that I want to do is, 
you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can ask me, you can send a, a private message, a DM, if you have any questions. What I'm also going to do is if you email me or you uh, DM me on LinkedIn, um, you can use my sales platform for two years, or sorry, two months for free. I'll send over a coupon. And so what that does is, is it helps you be uh, efficient with your day. Um, it, if you need help with routing, if you need help with prospecting, if you need help with targeting, if, you, if you're using Excel spreadsheets or you're using like a notebook to keep all your notes, because let's be honest, CRMs are not the greatest. They're really hard. You put you put information in, it's really hard to extract it. So we built rhythm for that reason that you can keep your private information as far as these are the people I want to focus on, this is the routes I want to take, et cetera. So if you want to use uh rhythm for a couple months, please just DM me, email me, and I'll shoot that over to you. Can um, when I say connect with these two guys, if you haven't already, Eric and Peter, I'm not joking. It's probably going to be the smartest thing you're going to do is, uh, you know, connect with these two guys and, and reach out to Peter. He's got a very cool technology and he's got a very cool company that they're, they're getting you buying conversations. That's what we want, right? We want buying conversations with qualified buyers. His company will help you do that. So connect with him. And then um, Eric has got his own consulting and he's giving back and he's coaching the next leaders in this industry. And so um, reach out to those guys. You can reach out to me. I also have a sales podcast. I released an episode today with Eric. So I'm going to have Peter on my podcast shortly. So if you want to go, it's called Surviving Outside Sales. Very appropriate. <laughs> so um, I feel like that's what I did in my career. But if there, if anybody has any questions, you can ask questions. If not, I really do appreciate um, everybody joining today. Uh, we're going to try to do, uh, I'm going to try to do several of these with different topics. Some are going to be on med sales. Some are going to be on outside sales in general. Some might be in pharmaceutical. Some might be in eye care. But um, this is not going to be a one and done because the three guys that are leading this call, we want to help the next generation of sales reps. We really do because it's given, it's changed my life and I know it's changed these guys' life as well. So this is one of the ways we can help pull people up uh, to the levels that we've gotten. So um, if anybody doesn't have any questions, um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, Eric, Peter, thank you. If you guys want to sign off, go for it and say your goodbyes and we'll, we'll wrap this up. No, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you for having me again. And, you know, I think what you're putting together here is, is truly going to change the outlook on, you know, how these, how, how medical sales reps in general, you know, practice, you know, throughout the year. So super excited to be here and be part of this with you. Cool. Eric. Yeah, I, I just saw a name pop on the screen. I, I wonder if it's someone that just hit their quota this week. Let them kind of hopefully they can hear me in the car. I got I got a note from someone that just popped on, and I think I think she hit her quota this week. So congrats, Hannah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. No, that's a awesome awesome time today. Appreciate it. if anybody has any questions, uh, I can hang for a bit, and otherwise yeah. you, can, you can find me on LinkedIn, send me a note, and we can chat. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, if you, if you showed up late, Hannah, uh, I think there's some other people that came in and out. I'm going to take this recording and I'm going to add this to surviving outside sales podcast. So this will be an episode. Uh, so if you want to listen to this again, it's not going to evaporate into the ether. Um, this is going to be out there. If you ever want to go back to it, if there's something you heard about and or you want to take notes, you can, but again, think of me, Peter and Eric as resources. Uh, and we want to help you close those deals and get those commission dollars. So, um, Thank you to everybody. I uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to turn the recording off. 
Uh, so if anybody has any questions, feel free. It's not going to go on the podcast. Uh, so 